0: God, okay, okay. Right, let's just get psyched up.
1: Gotta just... do a training montage.
0: There was a, a thing I, w- I wanted to say. Um, okay, here we go. Three, two, one.
2: Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that. Is the nature of the hard left? And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Are the hard left, Chris? What's it? Well, we know who the hard left are. are in the you know ascendancy I, I, within the, within the Labour, the Labour Party language. who associate with the hard left. You just said to that we right were right Greece. to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money. Nationalisation without compensation—that sort of hard left-wing position. Hard left. The 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 hard left. Hard left. The hard left. The hard left. Hard left. Hard left. Hard left. Hard The hard left. hard left. hard left. hard left. hard The hard left. hard left. hard left. The hard left. hard left. hard left. hard 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 left. hard left. hard left. hard left. 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 hard left. hard left. left. left.
3: hard left. hard left. hard left. left. left.
2: hard left.
3: left.
2: hard left. hard left. The hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard, left, hard left. A kind of anti business tax and spend agenda of the left. So, all that people are going to vote for the, the wisdom of the Jeremy Corbyn economic program a Big tax and spend, sort of nationalisation old left programme. Brexit worries me most, a hard left economic programme. It's not a sensible thing for the country. It's possible that Jeremy Corbyn could become Prime Minister and Labour could win off what is a, frankly an unreconstructed far left programme. Donald Trump didn't come out of the centre. The Democrats, in my view, were not quite in the centre themselves, but Macron was in the Senate. Our programme, tax and spending, tax and spending implications, just changes, disasters,
0: What I mean worries me most actually is Brexit. It's your boys. It's your boys from the Mail. They're back again in town. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. Um, back yeah. in town. Welcome. Thank you. Hi.
0: You're listening to <laughs> the three people that the Daily Mail told you are behind the Real Politic podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> this is this is our third season exciting oh, yeah guys. it's nice to be I back say, yeah it is good to be back isn't it because you I'm, know we've, we've had, a, we've had yeah. a
4: nice quiet break it's been uneventful
0: <laughs> it's been peaceful it's, been, it's <laughs> been sanguine our mental health across the board is great right now the best Fantastic mental stuff. health <laughs> yes this is the I think
1: we're gonna start exporting the mental health of this
0: right <laughs> Shit's so good everyone wants some of it <laughs> oh, dear. so
4: before we delve into the main content of our episode today should we address the uh, the elephant in the room
0: well should we introduce ourselves first oh yeah we should uh,
1: shoot the main elephant in the room really yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: so, yeah. so I I'm Jack Frayne Reed uh, aka boasted about spreading fake news I'm Tom, uh, fancy dress. Yeah, you're the guy who was... was, (laughs) You were covered in blood. (laughs) You were covered in the blood of a Blairite whom earlier that night you had murdered and feasted upon the palpitating heart of
4: you
1: yes, can just this, imagine this, people this. opening the paper and seeing those three pictures and being like, "Okay, normal looking person, normal looking Why is that?"
4: Person? <laughs> it was. It was a photo <laughs> from about five years ago when I was at university at a Halloween party.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and
3: oh,
4: fun,
1: yeah, yeah, no. yeah, the fame hunter, yeah, yeah, fame hunter. Third member of
4: the group. (laughs) Recording, recording from his mother's home in the state of Georgia.
0: Mother's basement. No, they said home. Um,
4: No, I think they said house. They
0: said house. Okay.
1: I mean, her name's on all the paperwork and stuff as well. But seeing as my dad pays the rent, it's a bit syntactically weird how they phrased it.
0: I mean, that's probably that's probably a good thing that they didn't look through all the legal specifications of your home.
1: I would feel a little bit weirded out by that. What what was the... But then I was never expecting us all to appear in the Daily Mail, at least
3: not this. No. One.
0: What was the cap? <laughs> what was the caption under your picture, Tom? What from the first one or the second one? Wait, was your picture in the second one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Oh. In the in the second one it just said my name and then fancy dress. But in the first <laughs> but in the first one they <laughs> In, in the first one, they... Because they, they need they to just...
1: clarify to their readers yeah.
4: that this yeah. guy
0: is not actually just... a serial killer. <laughs> the one libel too far. <laughs> the,
4: the first one just used a quote where I said that political abuse tends to go on across the political like spectrum and stuff. Oh, like,
1: yeah! It's, uh, it's pretty undeniable.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, but... I'm sure everyone who's listening to this knows what exactly went on. Sadly, Kieran's not with us today. He's in the South
0: Pacific reflecting on the events. Thank you. enjoying a period of deep reflection. That's all right. And we wish him the best. And we ho- we hope of course, of course. we hope the, the, the scouse pit bull is back to his old ways yeah. we'll as soon keep, as possible. we
4: will we'll be keeping him away from the Twitter from the Twitter <laughs> account.
0: Let's
4: just let's yeah. just say we'll be keeping him away
0: <laughs> I've assumed sole autocratic control of a real politic <laughs> account now. The kinder, run... gentler
4: real politic.
0: Yes, the kinda of gentler real politic. We've relaunched new series, new us. This time it's my arterial vision. Um, but so yeah, it's been it's been a time we've been having a time. So we were talking about they didn't do that much research into Yaya's home and the legal ownership thereof. any research into anybody at all. They not <laughs> like, do well, much
4: They, they assumed that we all run the account. They assumed that basically we were. Anonymous
1: all... lefty trolls! Ignoring yeah, they... the fact Anonymous. that our names were there.
0: Yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they fucking found them, didn't they? Well, some of them. They said it was like unmasked. Like,
4: it wasn't any unmasking. Yeah. Our names have been attached to the podcast since the beginning. You haven't <laughs> revealed yeah, exactly. anything new.
0: It's like. It's yeah. But speaking of their research into people's homes and so on, they did do enough research to find out where you live, didn't they, Tom?
4: They did because I went. I went down to visit you. I think it was the day I came back, and because I, I sort of like to sort of keep away. I don't use Twitter that much. I have my own private account, but don't really tend to yeah. use it. I don't really use the podcast Twitter account. But it was only when I went down to your Jack, that I saw that. Sort of realize the kind of scale of what was going on and then it wasn't there wasn't until i kind of got back home when i was upstairs getting unpacked and there was a knock at the door i go down there and uh, it's it's a daily mail reporter and i'm Uh like
0: oh your your parents didn't answer the door
4: no 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 (laughs) (laughs) so
0: i'm just like
4: okay uh Right. Okay. So I've got to like come up on the spot with a sort of response, being like, I don't really run the account, but like, (laughs) you know. So it's like the first time handling kind of tabloid media at that time. You're always going to make mistakes. I should have just said no comment, really, and just. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I I regret. You live live and and you
4: learn. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You live and you learn from. They they obviously found out enough about you, Tom, to say Tom. I was like, how did you? find my address and they were like oh well you know facebook has all the, has all the information these days and i'm like well yeah maybe my name and my profession but like not where yeah. i live but he didn't but, but that's the up. yeah it's 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 pretty intimidating it's, yeah it's not nice but we're recovering from it and moving on and stuff but again just, the worst is over so worst, far <laughs> exactly the worst is over. yeah um,
0: but i i mean i think it's worth saying it has been pretty bad I don't think it's been good for any of our mental health. And I think we can probably speak for Kieran there as well. Like I think yeah, we've all been having a rough time as a result of this. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been pretty appalling. Like I I I won't go into the full like grisly details, but it's been a real struggle feeling that you've been painted a certain way, which isn't a reflection of reality and you and you yeah. can't you can't really fight back. You've you sort of been robbed of your voice. Exactly, so, because
4: of course the way the, the laws are in this country, you, you can't just go to these places and just be like, right, I'm going to sue you, because they essentially have yeah. complete control over it. You can't, you know...
0: they got better lawyers than us.
1: Exactly. And it's <laughs> doubt don't that there's definitely corruption, but it, isn't it pretty widely believed that England's libel laws are pretty strict compared yeah. to uh,
0: and that the rest of the be, world? And that would explain why they were careful to print a couple of denials by members of the team of sending those tweets because they wouldn't want to say and anything. Like, oh, they- we
1: didn't say they did this. They just yeah, implied it
0: heavily. That's why they and also Gabby Hinsliff and The Guardian, who was also careful to state that there are a couple of denials, rely on these kind of vicious character judgments and not that we've, never, not that we've you know, <laughs> ne- never judged anybody's character in a brutal way. I'd say the
1: the but- big difference is that none of us wrote a giant newspaper,
0: you know? <laughs> no, no, I mean, like real politics became big by accident. We focused more on, on politics because the election was happening. And before that, it was just a sort of out of frustration. We felt that time and time again, or just, just all this nonsense in the media. And I've got mm. to say, Uh, I'm not feeling any more charitable towards the media. They haven't quite made me, you know, they've made me think, okay, I need to be more careful, uh, more judicious as an administrator of this account. Think more about the kind of language that I'm using and the, the projects that I oversee end up using. But, yeah uh, it's not it's really made me think okay the, yeah, yeah, yeah. these people are really you know the, these people are actually fighting for good I'm sorry when I see an article <laughs> in the Guardian that's linking us to the murder of Joe Cox it's to the racist nasty. abuse of yeah. Diane Abbott it's exactly. it's disgusting it's, like it's yeah, really I'd wild. love them
1: to point to the tweet where we said Yvette Cooper should die mm. We didn't fucking say that yeah this, of course not the, the sheer hypocrisy the lack of balance at all it's just i mean it's not like i ever expected the daily mail to be balanced or fair but it's different looking at the headlines and seeing stuff about oh these immigrants they're so evil and horrible and dull people that stealing all our money and it's another thing to actually have them targeting you specifically as an individual yeah
0: feeling like they're after you there's a price on Ah. their head (laughs) they want they want to hurt you if They'd have driven one of us to suicide. They'd have got a story out of it, although they wouldn't have pinned it on themselves, probably. (laughs) Vile lefty hate trolls get their comeuppance from themselves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) These are a class of people who have no problem eavesdropping on people's phone calls and rooting through their bins. (laughs) Just disgusting.
4: It's gutter. It's gutter. Before we move on, though, I do want to quickly read out something I have here. (laughs) Basically a few days after these two articles came out in the back of the Daily Mail there's a comment section and it allows the readers to uh, write in and, and air their thoughts on articles and there's two here for us with the heading Trolling Trots. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, but for fuck's sake! Like, I'm I'm not a trot. Exactly. Like, just, I'm like I'm, I just want to put that out there. Like, I fucking These hate people trots. People do not
1: understand the factionalism of the of the left.
0: I wanna I wanna kick all the trots out of the Labour Party. That's one thing me and me and my my, my fam on the Labour right see eye to eye on. <laughs>
4: Right, so there's two here. This first one's from Phil, and he's from Bishopton. Now, I want to um, ask you to listen out to this letter, and also, if there's any phrases in here that ring a bell to a certain Guardian columnist, could you please uh, put your hand up? <laughs> right, the first letter goes, I was shocked to see the lefty hate trolls unmasked. So intimidating are their posts. I expected them to look like KGB heavies. <laughs>
0: looks can be deceptive oh god
1: okay sorry Clearly it's just a flesh suit you know okay.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. on. So, so intimidating are their posts i expected them to look like kgb heavies but these weedy nerds wouldn't last two minutes face <laughs> sorry.
0: Sorry. sorry but
4: but these weedy nerds wouldn't last two minutes face to face in any high street on a friday night
0: with who with the- <laughs> <laughs> fucking dweeb who writes into the Daily Mail and oh, no, the yeah.
1: empty trots or hate trolls. like <laughs> so, yeah no, I, 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 you
0: know I reckon we'd, us. we'd be alright and that's not to say we're fucking hard men or anything I, so, I mean but... it's
1: just objectively untrue I've been out drinking loads of Friday nights <laughs> I <don't know> am <laughs> alive.
0: yeah <General laughs> uh, probably did more damn honestly I, I'm not I, you know maybe the fucking actual fash that read the mail I'm, I'm a bit scared that they'll come mm. come calling now they've fucking put our uh, faces up as a fucking wanted poster but I, I can't say i'm too intimidated by the prospect of some fucking tweed wearing little englander uh, mug like just coming up with a bit <laughs> like uh, do, did you want to fight i i uh, saw your name in the daily mail but, pushing, pushing but, up, but yeah now, tom were you alluding to when you mentioned a certain guardian columnist i think he might he's actually an observer columnist but it was nick cohen wasn't That's he it.
1: yeah yeah You yeah. said fucking nick cohen so much
0: hate <laughs> inside such weedy bodies oh yeah, shit yeah, I, oh who, who, who which one of you is that the siren there <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah yeah they've come for you man on to us oh, oh shit, oh, shit. So, not again so, but yeah but yeah, yeah. nick cohen made fun of our looks he Fuck had off. the temerity to make fun of our... fucking hell like they are coming for you aren't they
1: but i don't know what how slow they're driving they're...
0: Okay, okay. Whatever, okay. anyway. Well, uh, all right, sorry, all right, the heat's yeah. off, the heat's off. Nick Cohen had the fucking temerity to make fun of our looks. Wind your <laughs> fucking neck back into your <laughs> shell, you fucking turtle. <laughs> That's all I'll say on uh, this matter. Anyway, the, I mean, uh,
4: projecting much? <laughs> Phil, Phil, I mean, Nick Cohen's letter carries on saying, go back to your privileged lives, boys. And leave the, po- and, and, and leave the <laughs> politics to grown-ups willing to engage in reasoned debate.
0: What the fuck do they know about our lives? Like, was, uh, <laughs> what, did, I mean, I didn't actually read the first article. I haven't been reading a lot of we this. Were, we uh, were middle class, supposedly. But... Yeah, but where did they get that? What was their basis for that? Was it that I have a double barreled name? That was literally oh, it, yeah. I remember seeing a tweet
4: at our, like, saying, Jack Frayne Reed. Notice the double barreled name. Yeah, as if... yeah, I saw that.
0: <laughs> that guy is fucking About, sharp. I think it was
1: the same person that was <sighs> on Twitter. The same person who said Yair. Sounds like a him Henson character, presumably meaning Jim Henson, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, what is it with your, your shadowy outsider name? Well, it just doesn't, it doesn't sound like the kind of I name t- we have down at my local boozer.
1: I smell a Jewish conspiracy here, that's all. <laughs> yeah.
4: the, sec- the second letter. Uh, oh, this is another one. Oh, there's the, God, there's yeah. the second one. There's this, more. Is from, this is from more recent Sitting Board. A judge can send an aristocrat to jail for three months for making racially abusive remarks on social media while rent-a-mob hard-left protesters can do anything without the least fear of being prosecuted.
0: Yeah, if you ask me, <laughs> what what did <laughs> you do wrong? What is wrong with just say, a little bit of racism that's that fine. somebody wasn't that guy? Didn't he say like he he was he wanted to like crowdfund someone's fucking assassination or something, some shit like that? <laughs> and, like God, it, it was probably Diane Abbott wasn't it it's, all, it's always Diane Abbott who these people have a problem yeah. with
1: she's that horrible combination of like black and female
0: <laughs> they just can't abide it and and successful and left wing as yes. well <laughs> they, it's <laughs> they, a perfect really, quad factor but yeah like it, it's not been very fun overall like i've really wanted to get back to doing the show as a kind of coping mechanism you know just to kind of create and to get back into things and you know, get my Fucking identity back, not you know this this sort of this monster that you've seen in the yeah. in the Daily Mail and the we Guardian and the New Twitter Statesman if, and yeah. on the Daily Politics and on Woman's yes. Hour and the Independent <laughs> and on uh, Sarah Ditton's website because presumably nobody would publish a piece. sorry <laughs> <Wyatt>. <laughs> i will
1: Just say, when we started this project, we had no intention for us to be known as a Twitter account. That also has a podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what fucked me off the most. At least the Guardian article had the decency to call us the Real Politic. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I've changed our name, Twitter now to Real Politic Podcast rather than just Real Politic. Like, right, you know, just, that, just, that's just to hammer it at home.
4: It. Right, so <laughs> let's let's move swiftly on. What have we got lined up today?
0: All right, we've got an announcement first. So, yes, you know, yes, as yes. we've established, the Iranian hangmen of real politic are back. Back in business. But we weren't just criticised by the Daily Mail and so on. You know, some comrades who you know, I, I personally like and respect a lot did say that they'd, they'd had some problems with the tone of the show and they felt that it's basically been too kind of laddish like for want of a better way i can't be bothered to fucking dance around it with some ridiculously like grandiloquent turn of phrase it's that's basically people's problem they don't like the absolute boy stuff which to be fair i don't really think we do that much but no. Yeah, the slug and melt stuff is that despite being picked specifically to be like non-gendered non-racialized insults yeah you know, some people are like that and just generally
1: but there are people who say that turf is a slur as we've covered before
0: for, huh? i know i know i know i i you know i take the sort of melt is a slur stuff with like a, a pinch of salt and and personally like you know even though I, piers morgan's kind of used it and ruined it now oh. so I'm, I, I probably, oh, no. yeah, I probably oh, won't be no. people, people melt quite as much but you know i i don't think i don't think that one's out of bounds really but it's just the fact that basically it's just been a bunch of lads doing the podcast but people haven't necessarily been comfortable with especially when it comes to the twitter account and you know a, a bunch of four guys just oh, that was the way that people interpreted it anyway or a bunch of three guys because none of them can be bothered to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god this is such a long i was like i won't dance around it but it's but yeah we'll bring basic, you more on yeah basically we sort of started the podcast it was just like me yaya and tom all went to uni with each other we wanted to talk about films and make stupid jokes with a left-wing stance And uh, the left wing stance kind of took over, especially after Kieran joined the show because he's more politics and movie focused. And the election happened. There was a lot of intense political shit going on before the election as well. So we, we, we did dedicate a lot of our programming to that. But yeah, basically, we didn't anticipate that our show would have some kind of cultural significance. And when we're getting, you know, 2,000 listens per episode and getting a reasonably sympathetic profile in the eye, It does become incumbent upon us to think about what our platform means and how we can use it better. So the fact that we we record the shows on the fly, we do them really spontaneously, meant that generally it's been hard to get guest episodes together. So we've tried to have a fair amount of women on the show, but it's not been sufficient in my view. The show still comes off as a big homogenous block of male voices sometimes. So we are announcing a new host. In fact, we already have. On we've already announced her on Twitter. It's our friend Laura, Laura Tidd, Laura Jolian Tid at this Geordie lass on Twitter. Great person to follow. Yep. involved in the NUS in all kinds of student politics stuff that frankly terrifies me. To um, assuage the worries of some of our listeners who said oh, I just want it to be Jack and Kieran yelling about slugs and melts all the time. <laughs> Laura can salt slugs with the best of them so <laughs> let's get that out <laughs> of the way. We're not going to be using the account to call everyone we dislike a cunt anymore or anything like that but we're, we're not going to stop utterly ridiculing and pouring scorn on our political opponents on the show because it's I, I think there's a place for that.
1: I yeah, think, yeah, Make you know, the reporters at least work for
0: it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I think vulgar, scabrous political satire is well, something quite dear to my heart, actually. It's, quite, it's what I quite like. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame there aren't more people doing it. Um, so we're going to keep doing that, but we're also, now that there is isn't an election on, we're going to try and refocus everything on movies. But while we're on the subject of Laura joining the show, let's give her a call on the telephone and see what she has to say.
1: Ah oh, yes, the cellular telephone.
0: Yes, I she's, know. She's without internet at the
4: moment, sadly, for the next she ten is. days or so. Oh, so fuck. We, oh, no. uh, she's not available to be on this first episode, but she will be on the next one, I'm sure. This is going to be like that episode of Alan Partridge, isn't it, where he's just basically promising that Roger Moore's going to come on the episode.
0: <laughs> <at>
4: the <laughs>
3: <point>. <laughs> so,
0: the quality will be really bad if I take my headphones off, so i tell you what, I'll, medi- yeah. I'll mediate between the two of you. Okay, okay. <laughs> wow. This is, this
5: is going to be a
0: special conversation, my God. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, right. It's okay, uh, the signal's really bad here in Guantanamo it's, it's, Bay. Alright, I'm, I'm holding my phone by the mic, and I'm leaning close to the mic so that I can hear my phone whilst also having headphones on. <laughs> oh
5: my gosh!
0: The, this is we are like this is state of the art. <laughs> Real politics, well, fun, man production values. <laughs> okay, so we've edited this bit in. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Yay! So we couldn't get hold of Laura when we recorded the episode, but guess what? We got hold of her. Laura, what's happening?
5: Some shit has gone down,
0: my friends. Oh no! what Let me just say, as soon as the government found out that I was working for real Realpolitik, the number one Russian Orthodox podcast, they came for me. They took my <laughs> Wi-Fi. No. High so I have no Wi-Fi. I thought you said they took your wife.
5: They took my wife. <laughs>
0: it's my, it's <laughs> my wife.
5: <laughs> my wife. <laughs> that
1: is a reference at all.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. they they took my wife, they took my Wi-Fi, <coughs> and now I'm
5: being held in a London dungeon by the
0: Home Office. Oh no. S- it really sucks. <laughs> the food here is so bad. What what have they been feeding you? There's basically nothing vegan,
5: so they're just giving me <laughs> more. Well, know, it looks
1: like the real violence. politic is going so to have to kind of break up. <laughs> <human
0: rights. coughs> oh, yeah. Because you can't hear your ear, he just said that the Real Politic podcast is going to have to plan a breakout. I hope so. To quote our heroes and Thin Lizzy, tonight there's going to be a jailbreak <laughs> somewhere in this town, presumably the jail. But <laughs> that's an old joke. I never thought about that. <laughs> that's an old joke. It's been yes. it's been done. Uh, really. Hopefully, if you can break me out in the next seven to ten working days. <laughs> be really good. Okay, we'll we'll do our best. We'll 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 get on the phone to the Kremlin the minute we're off the line yeah. to you. Get, get Russia a on this. <laughs> <support> here? <laughs> so you're joining the show when you get out of prison, you're joining the show as, as our new host. How about that? I know. It's
5: good isn't it? And I'm sure
0: everyone will agree. It's very good. I'm sure they will agree. I'm a very popular person i and always have been. You don't <laughs> ask anyone from <laughs> yeah, so you're a long time listener of the show. Yeah,
5: slightly too long, bit weird, to be honest.
0: <laughs> a, a, a a a fan. We 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 ha- we have we have we have fans, and um, <laughs> but now but now we don't because now we recruit our fans. We're actually eating away at our own fans. <laughs> <laughs> we now have a fan my mum no. <laughs> shout out to my mum so cool. <laughs> yeah so you've joined just a the nick of time laura like you've missed the daily mail expose <laughs> so you yeah. can you can continue disseminating misogynistic abuse on the internet <laughs> uninhibited i'm
5: so glad <laughs> Daily Mail cannot get in the way Of my continuous stream Of hate bile Nothing can stop me now
0: <laughs> And in fact On the subject of online abuse Aren't you writing a piece At the moment For which you are looking For contributions
5: Yes that's true I totally forgot about that Oh it's basically about misogynistic abuse, about the abuse that lefty women get online. Because there's a lot of talk from the soft left, from the melts, from the talks, <laughs> saying that
3: the Corbyn Easter left, the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, <laughs> <hard> the <left, laughs> hard left, are very misogynistic and very
5: unwelcoming of women, but... Considering that I am someone who has back Corbin from day one, from 2015, and I know that several of my women friends, my women and non binary friends, have, have done the same, and have not ever felt like that within our own little group. So it's a bit weird to see people on the outside looking in and saying, oh, you your, well, they're, they're being horrible to you about, they're being horrible. Look, they're horrible. Look, you fucking bitch, cunt. (coughs) They're being being misogynistic about you, you fucking cunt.
0: Also a uh, toilet walls, toilet da- walls daily, daily mail comment section. Yeah. Uh, um, my, my now two accounts.
5: to get another one there's slightly too much level shit on
0: the first one. But <laughs> <laughs> that should be a great piece anyway, like I'm really looking forward to seeing oh, yeah. that. And you should definitely. Yaya says, Oh yeah, definitely and you <laughs> and okay. you should, you should pitch that to New Socialist. Whenever, whenever I get
5: something finished, which knowing me will be uh, maybe in like twenty, thirty. Um, you know, what will I finish first, this or my degree? Who knows? Probably neither. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Laura, what do you make of the listeners to the show who are worried that with your ascension to the ranks of the the, 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 the much <laughs> the infamous Realpolitik <laughs> team that the show will um, will, will take a, a softer, possibly more slug-friendly tone? What 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 do you make of this? Have
5: you ever encountered me? <laughs> ever? <laughs> what, what? Me. And what about the shit that I put out on the internet, and the shit that I put out of my mouth? What makes you think that I will have any tolerance for anyone who is remotely soft left, remotely remote? a <laughs> I have been salting slugs since I left the womb. <laughs> and possibly before. There's no documentation proving it, but I reckon whilst I was in there... I was just
0: dropping salt on the slugs. How did they get there?
5: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's another another conversation for another podcast. Maybe the sailing article.
0: (laughs) Well, you've put my mind at rest there. I'm glad. I'm Mm. glad. I will not be willingly undersold. (laughs) All right, I'll say two things. Firstly, have you got a film to recommend? And secondly, have you got a general message to play our listeners out with? I do have
5: a film to recommend, and Jack, you know what film I'm going to recommend, I don't know if you've mentioned it already, but I'm going to
0: say it, I'm going to say it, everybody, go away and watch, the masterpiece that is Freddie Goffinger. Oh, oh, you went there, you went there, okay, okay, I'm going to need... I'm gonna need a, a period of recuperation after that. I think we might have to take another month off. But a final message, Laura, for all our listeners out there who will be getting to know you, and I'm sure you'll be getting to know them because uh, you know we're we're in t- we're in touch. We're in touch with our fans. We 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 we're in tune with the conversation. We like
5: to give back to the fans here.
0: Exactly. We really do. Yeah. What do you have to say to them?
5: Stick
0: that up, you you (laughs) can't. Okay, well. (laughs) I look forward to when you get your expose in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Frankly, I can't wait. I've got my picture out and everything. Laura, it's been awesome talking. Oh, yeah, he
1: has got something to say. I was just going to say, it's very nice to halfway met you, sort of. (laughs)
0: He says, it's very nice to have halfway met you, sort of.
5: That's wonderful, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's very grateful. He's laughing. Anyway, it's been good to talk, and I look forward to laying down many good-ass episodes and salting many slugs with you over the coming days. Incredible. <laughs> oh, amen. Amen. Yaya's yeah, saying amen. Don't <laughs> never watched that play. Okay should we all right should we talk about the theatrical oeuvre of Paul Mason
4: Yes <laughs> I've only I've only seen the the one that was uh, was broadcast on BBC Was it BBC two
0: last week? Maybe it was one of the BBC channels I don't I don't, I don't have a TV I watched on iPlayer so... yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right so we wanted to talk this week about I guess the work of Paul Mason. But you'll know Paul Mason as Paul Mason, journalist, commentator, activist, economist. But you may not be as familiar with Paul Mason, playwright,
4: filmmaker, (laughs)
0: actor. As you discovered earlier
4: on, meme maker as
0: well. Like, he's
4: got a Vimeo account (laughs) where he's just making, like, He's taking Game of Thrones footage and just like, just like kind of like trying to push in a progressive alliance
0: like <laughs> tone in them and stuff. Nerd, it's,
3: it's, it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, yeah. What is that left-wing abuse there? Well, by all I know, <laughs> no one who who ideologically is opposed to the left would ever call someone on the left a nerd. Like, no, no one ever said anything <laughs> like that to us after our pictures were <laughs> printed.
3: we oh, so weedy.
0: <laughs> they didn't fucking see our bodies anyway like my you know <laughs> fucking, but for all they know I could be fucking hench as anything I'm not but
1: <laughs> I tweeted I, I wish I was more weedy like uh, the beard was showing
0: <laughs> so Paul Mason he's done three theatrical mm. works <laughs> really? in the
4: last does that does that in... include why it's kicking off everywhere as well
0: yeah it's in the last year or so basically since he quit his job as economics editor of channel 4 news to go freelance at the start of 2016 has worked on three different plays two of them full-length plays one of them a short one so that's 20 minutes long and uh, we'll post the youtube link to that on our page but basically so there's a play called divine chaos of starry things which is about a french revolutionary who was involved in Paris Commune and was exiled to the remote island of New Caledonia called Louise Michel. And we'll talk about her in a minute, actually, because she comes up in the play that we all watched for this. Yes. Which is why it's kicking off everywhere, which Paul Mason also stars in.
4: He does. As himself.
0: As himself. Yeah, he's sort yeah. of the
4: presenter, isn't
0: he? Well who else is he gonna play? Like if if Paul Mason like played like multiple roles throughout it. So you've got like Paul Mason as like Hosni Mubarak. (laughs) Yeah, so so it's based on his book why it's kicking off everywhere, which he published in, I think, 2014. And it's basically his account of a kind of surge of global unrest, which was epitomized by the Arab Spring around 2011, but did continue for a couple of years after that, before most of these uprisings sort of flamed out, were replaced by authoritarianism in a lot of instances. So first up, I'd say it's one of the most... Most formally and politically interesting things I've seen on the BBC for quite a while. Yeah. In fact, it reminds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it reminds me of the kind of thing that Channel Four would have shown in the nineteen eighties when they were slightly more daring about their Mm. programming because they were the new kids on the block. And basically, although there's been a lot more of it, TV programming in in the UK has basically got a lot more, uh, especially politically, also often formally conservative. No toast at best. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, over the past couple of decades as neoliberalism has progressed. So just straight up, it's fascinating. To see something like this on the television this kind of avant-garde play as I say it's uh, something like Channel 4 in the 1980s would show plays which were uh, as I say I keep just repeating both formally and politically interesting like uh, an adaptation of the accidental death of an anarchist which is an Italian play I think if I'm completely wrong I'm wrong but it's set in Italy <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is part of the BBC's performance live series isn't it
4: yeah I don't know who else they've announced yet for it but i believe this is the first of the series and stuff so yeah if it's going to be anything like this hopefully we'll have some more interesting pieces to come out but uh
1: maybe i'll, I'll just point out that since i'm the ignorant fool in the group i, I didn't actually really know who paul mason was until <laughs> yeah this thing because yeah i'm out of the loop but there we go i learned it was good it was interesting
0: You'd heard of him, though, didn't you? You, you,
1: No, I'd heard the name, but it's like I I tweeted just before I deactivated, like, I keep mixing up John McTernan and John McDonnell in my head because why are there so many people with John Mac as their name? Like, it's just it's confusing. have the decency to have a good, weird name like mine. It stands out, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it stands out in great ways, such as the fact that when people Google you or me, uh, like, the fourth (laughs) fucking result down is like, lefty hate trolls and when people google tom or kieran like you know their names are just fucking innocuous like they're fine true, true. <laughs> yeah. but you've heard of you know say his book post-capitalism I
1: mean, yeah yeah I, I think we mentioned it on a really early episode of the podcast didn't we yeah.
0: i mean mason is such an interesting figure and i i find like i think Two of his articles in the last few months I've enjoyed. And he writes pretty regularly. I'm not always a huge fan of yeah, his. Yeah, we've,
4: we've spoken about some of his more problematic politics from immigration to the bomb.
0: You know, yeah. He loves
4: the bomb. He's a full-on possidist.
0: <laughs> and he's, he's a sort of better noir of both the kind of progress Blairites who hate his kind of strident support for Corbyn. And also the ultra-left, who I think is very, very problematic. But I think that he's just such a fascinating figure that I can't entirely dispense with Mason. Uh, And I think this play is a key example of that. There's no other figure in British politics who would have both the cachet and the kind of desire and the drive and the inspiration to make something like this an avant-garde play about revolution and then get it shown on the BBC. The only journalist really with a comparable, in fact, a bigger kind of stature and profile than Mason on the left in the UK is Owen Jones. And Owen Jones is just... I'm not knocking him, actually, because I think he's uh, kind of outdone himself recently. I've found myself agreeing with him a lot. But Owen Jones is a much more didactic thinker, whereas Mason is on some shit. Like he never, <laughs> never know where where he's uh, gonna come from next or what he's gonna do. He can be baffling at times. Like when he briefly like was like, yeah, fucking like let's have really low taxes on businesses, and it's like was yeah.
4: like no. And, then, what, and what? then when he's trying to push the progressive alliance stance, it's just oh, like how fuck do you, how that. can you see that work, Paul? Like honestly, yeah, Go it ahead. is
0: Game of Thrones video, which has like Jon <laughs> Snow, Game of Thrones character as Owen Jones, and all this ridiculous. I I, I that he's about to be the only Game of Thrones character I know the name of, but it's. <laughs> I, I highly recommend watching it, but he's like they all need to band together. To start a progressive alliance, it's like no, they fucking go. <laughs> the progressive alliance is called the Labour Party, like, and, and, and that party spans left to right. Uh, I don't think we need any outsiders to the right of the Labour right in our party. Fuck no, uh, not in our party, but in our sort of uh, governmental structure <laughs> get, get in our out. country so so that's funny and I don't there's another video that I'd recommend on Paul Mason's Vimeo account in fact there's two <laughs> because there's one that is sincerely very good it's a short documentary where he goes to the archipelago of New Caledonia because it's not an island. It's different. But he goes out there and he sort of retraces the steps of Louise Michel, the French revolutionary who, after her participation in the Paris Commune of 1871, she was exiled to the colony with thousands of other left-wing political prisoners. And uh, she was remarkable because actually a lot of the political prisoners out there, when the indigenous Kanak people had a revolt, against the French colonialists in 1873, a lot of these political prisoners who'd been kind of shipped over to this sort of like French mini equivalent of what Australia was for Britain then, they actually supported the French's efforts to crush the colonial struggle, but Louise Michel did not She supported the Kanaks, and while she was there for seven years she wrote a kind of anthropological book about them and about their folk tales which is apparently written in a very kind of like interesting and poetic manner with her own embellishments and she died quite a few years after that I think actually because she went back to France and was imprisoned quickly after that for getting up to some kind of anarchist mischief. (laughs) But basically she became a committed anti-imperialist and she wanted to spread fight against colonialism to algeria which is of course a french colony yeah Uh, and she went out there and she did manage. her health was failing but she did manage to preach revolution to the algerian people and uh, died soon thereafter that's pretty rad that she was involved in that to the bitter end
1: she sounds like my kind of lady
0: yeah, yeah no, she's fucking great. I've literally never heard about her before all this Paul Mason shit. There's a great article in the Guardian which he wrote about her which I recommend, The Rebel France Could Not Crush Paul Mason on his play about the passion of Louise Michel. And it's not just like some wanky Paul Mason talking about his creative process thing. It's all about <laughs> it's all about her and it's all about him going to New Caledonia to research her. And yeah, and, and, and so watch that great short film on his Vimeo account about his efforts to retrace her steps. But also, there's a video <laughs> which is like, it's fucking ridiculous. It's like a letter from Zinoviev to Corbin.
4: It's pictures of like, yeah, it's just of all of like Lenin and it's like he's just yeah. <laughs> explain it explain it jack sorry
0: yeah so it's just basically this letter to corbin and it's like it's paul mason's sense of humor so it's fucking weird uh it's all just like look at these fucking hats that's bolshevism and, and has corbin for his like moderate center ground policies there's a bit where it's got it's a close-up of one guy who i might be zinoviev i'm sadly unable to identify him because i'm lax on the history but it says ordering total violent revolution and it got printed in the daily mail and i'm like same been there And then at the end, the Bolsheviks say that they're going to vote for Theresa May because she can really fuck everywhere up. <laughs> so it, it, it's bizarre. Like, this is what I say, like, half the, it's like, sometimes Mason is great. The rest of the time, he's just, like, smoking crack. Like, <laughs> it, sometimes it goes beyond just being on the red stripe. and <laughs> to worry about him with the sort of uh, you know this that video is like the sort of oh Steve Bannon's a Leninist because he's like read about two books in his life and says he needs Lenin <laughs> and stuff <laughs> it's like come on Paul stay away from a the horseshoe theory and the same goes for his new Guardian article where he lumps Venezuela in with you know like Putin and Erdogan and all this shite Guardian columnist Erdogan <laughs> you know that the Guardian yeah. Yeah, I and saw, and I and saw the right that. Editorial. Incredible. Oh the shit that goes down when we take a fucking month off.
4: Um... <laughs> <laughs> Were there any problematic elements of his play that
0: stood out to you at all, Jack? Yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah, I don't have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> you did watch it though, didn't you? I mean, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that, no, no. What, I was wasn't...
1: joking, I was being facetious. So, you know, carry on. A certain
0: thing that was problematic for you, yeah, it was the American accent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were laughably, I just think it's uh, it's great revenge for all the times Brits show up in American movies. Well, Brits in quotation marks, and they sound nothing like English or Scottish or Irish, you know, <laughs> yeah. or Welsh, let's not forget them. Uh, <laughs> it, it was the equivalent, but the other way, and I, I found it hilarious. So,
0: Because Paul Mason's whole thesis is how did we get from 2011 Occupy, the student protests in Britain, the Arab Spring, to Donald Trump? Yeah. And so at the end, there's basically Paul Mason and a couple of other people are like he's playing himself a couple of the rest of his ensemble who are mostly actually very good. Like there are sort of international ensemble of like some Mm. European actors, some Middle Eastern actors. And one of them is playing the spokesperson for the Hillary Clinton campaign. And she's like, oh, it's (laughs) fine if Hillary goes up against Donald Trump. man." And and, like I'm trying to do as bad an accent as I can because it's. (laughs) It's fucking shocking, mate. I
1: I think I said to you she sounds like a plantation owner from the 19th century (laughs) Georgia or something.
0: It's like DiCaprio's sister who fucked in Django Unchained.
3: (laughs) Uh.
0: But actually... Possibly the bit I found. There were actually there were two bits I found the most problematic. Tom, there was one which you noticed as well, wasn't there? Which was the autism speech.
4: Oh yeah, when it just goes on and on. It's such a weird analogy to use. Is this for we all have autism and we can't, end with like, it's just like, where are you going? Like, it wasn't a good analogy to use in the first place. It, it goes on for like two, three minutes and it's just incredibly unsettling by the end.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah you, I thought it was the he's end. Crazy. I was like, okay, this is the way he's chosen to end it because it just seemed so like this is his grand thesis. Yeah. Collective autism. Everyone's autistic. Yeah, so I was just I was like sitting there like because he basically wrote the script from his original recordings and notes from when he was reporting on all this stuff. So it's probably something somebody actually said. So I was just like, is this ableist? Is this bad? Like I I mean, because I thought it was bad dramatically. I thought that was a bit that didn't work. But yeah I I am still not sure how exactly problematic it was yeah, but I don't know what he was getting out with that, but yeah it just went on you thought it was finished and then she's like that is why we adopt the manners of autism, we do not connect on an emotional level. And I'm just, I'm just I can imagine an autistic <laughs> person listening to that and being like, well, that's not quite Ooh, yeah, how exactly. it is for me. So, in fact, a lot
1: of the time is you have a bit too much emotion, in my experience.
0: Possibly the bit that was most problematic for me was Paul Mason's kind of summary at the end, where he says, Erdogan sends a million Syrian refugees to Europe. And Merkel says, all welcome. Assad drops chlorine on Aleppo. Obama says, so what? Putin annexes Crimea. So what? The European Central Bank smashes Greece. All the economists in the Western world applaud. It's like liberal democracy has a death wish. So, I I mean, I think that Mm. comes round to something I pretty much agree with. Liberal democracy does seem to just be inflicting all the harm in the world to itself. Is
1: that all line about fascism is just capitalism in decay and all that.
0: Is he advocating, firstly, intervention in Syria, secondly, fewer re- <laughs> fewer refugees in Europe, thirdly, some kind of intervention against Russia, <laughs> which oh, obviously yeah. I would not approve of. Where You're would quite, we get our paychecks from? Yeah, and I, I just I think this is quintessential Mason actually because it's putting this kind of These reactionary positions that, oh, in 2013, Ed Miliband fucked up Syria. The West just stood by and let this happen as if a bombing campaign would have sorted it all out. And the kind of, oh, maybe we shouldn't have let in as many refugees, which is odd, because although he's got some bad views on immigration, Mason usually is saying we should let more refugees in. I mean, I don't
1: know quite how he handled it, but it is definitely not a good thing that there's so many immigrants, not because immigrants are bad but because people shouldn't have to leave their home go thousands of miles just to earn a living, you know?
0: Yeah, it just seems to me odd to lump in what is obviously a principled left wing objection to basically the mutilation of Greece and its people at the hands of the European Union, the European Central Bank, the IMF, with these kind of more reactionary desires for fewer immigrants, for intervention. And that for me is, yeah, quintessentially Mason. This weird jump. Far out. This, yeah, this far-out jumble where, you know, you can have great positions on some stuff, appalling positions on other stuff, and the Bolsheviks would support Theresa May. <laughs> <laughs> Theresa
1: May, vanguard of the proletariat.
0: But I do actually think it's a really interesting play. That's why I'm saying I think it has some great analysis but seems to reach very bad conclusions. So a bit that's interesting is where he's in Greece and Mason has reported extensively on Greece and there's a series of short documentaries which sort of adds up to I think a feature length thing that he presented and I think directed called This Is Not A Coup which basically tell the story of Greece's radical lefts or as the government's attempts to deal with a European Union determined to impose austerity on it. There's a very funny bit actually where Paul Mason is like on oh, one ear I've got the guy from Syriza and in the other I- I've got a representative of the German government and then uh, up on the screen this German guy comes on and he keeps saying Paul! Oh but Paul! <laughs> Paul! <laughs> Paul! What is going to happen? Paul! <laughs> But he he goes to a Greek village. He's like, you know, let's get out of Athens where there's sort of politics 24-7 and go to a place where, you know, there's no election campaign. And that's what this guy he meets says. He's like, we've always voted for Pasok the centre-left Social Democratic Party. We've always voted for them. There's never been an election campaign in this town because it's a foregone conclusion. You go out to milk for cow and then you go to the polling station where PASOK milk you. (laughs) But basically he's like, I'm voting Syriza now. And that was pretty widespread sentiment. That's how what was once a fringe radical left party was able to win a majority and is still in power Despite all the disappointments, despite all the compromises, Syriza are still in power. And PASOC, well, they've literally had a process named after them because they've disintegrated so badly. PASOKification <laughs> when the radical left renders a mainstream centre-left party completely redundant, the Labour Party has auto-PASOCified. The, <laughs> <laughs> the radical left have rendered the old pre-2015 Labour Party redundant from within. Which is yeah, wonderful.
1: I was just thinking, like, the, the centrists in the UK definitely know one or two things about launching failed coups.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So do we have any more thoughts on this Paul Mason play? Because I think it's really interesting. I took loads of notes, but maybe I'll have yeah. to... I thought, like it was, I
4: thought it was really, really well staged. They yeah. were using cameras to project a lot of images onto, like, kind of to actually film some of the action and project it onto mm. the set. And yeah, kind the cast
0: of, film bits of it as they go along, don't they? Yeah,
4: oh. and I and I wasn't too sure, but was there a combination of actors within the audience, kind of watching all around? It was kind of a really yeah. kind of, like, quite a well done setup as well, because it, the actual play was shown at the Vic, wasn't it? What was the name of the theatre it was shown at? It looked, it looked like a pretty small venue where it was staged. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I considering... was going to say
0: it was in the round, but it's like square it's
4: in the square it, the, the uh, young Vic the yeah,
1: well, young Vic well, that, it was played okay out. I actually back in A-Level I did study drama and theatre and uh, I thought this Paul Mason play was really aesthetically quite enjoyable and creative I'd say the style was probably Brechtian you know yeah. I, uh, well, did you like you've like you already said theatre in the round sort of uh, was, he quotes uh, Brecht and I think Tom the Tom the finish
4: that, he does yeah
1: he? yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm aware Brecht was pretty okay political.
0: Yeah, Brecht was a communist.
1: Yeah, he, he, was, he was a good guy. He
0: was a good guy. Um, In fact, the, the quote that Paul Mason picks out from Brecht is, this is an abbreviated version but I noted down, but it says, theatre should be like a man who's seen a car crash yes, and, ha- yeah. and has to explain what happened to the bystanders sometimes yeah, he
1: opened he, and closed with that line didn't he He really? did
0: yeah. yeah and then he had one of his actors read out i think a tunisian poem about yes. revolution It's very immersed in these revolutionary movements. You can tell Mason was actually there on the ground.
1: Yeah, and yet somehow manages to keep that almost abstract feeling about it.
0: And that's what I'm saying. There is no other person who would do something that's both this politically and formally interesting. What did you guys think of the little bits of humour in it? Because being Paul Mason, there's the occasional sort of dad joke. (laughs) (laughs) They stand out, don't
4: they? And the audience, some of the audience sort of caught on to it but others were just like
0: what I think
4: underneath. I must have missed those <laughs> there uh... was
0: one that just did not get any kind of a laugh at all I can't remember <laughs> what it was there was another one that might have got a, a light bit of laughter his thesis is all sort of about networking yeah, and, yeah. How, and how a modern interconnected networked generation builds up new power structures in opposition to the old which
1: uh, is well, a really positive message compared to most people saying oh oh, technology is tearing us apart.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I did notice... Quite a bit of humor, mostly a sort of darkly ironic sort of humor, but they're always delivered by other actors. I can't really remember yeah. the bad jokes you're talking about. I'd know. say that,
0: yeah, the jokes actually stand out more when Mason does them. You're right, because his actors yeah. are, are American <laughs> accents aside, his actors are pretty damn good. But he basically says Mubarak switched off Facebook, and one of his actors goes, Oh my god! And he's just like, Get over it. <laughs> he still got overthrown. And it's just such a sort of like dad joke him just writing in the little bit about like the younger generation hearing a shutdown. Oh millennials. Oh my god. And there's some other jokes which are sort of about sex and they're a bit kind of like the audience don't really respond to them and and so on. There's a couple of like sort of pro-sex worker bits in this like freedom for prostitutes and I could just imagine like the New Statesman lot listening to that and just sort of like just (laughs) fucking like punching their hands just like oh I would but I did actually watch another short play written by Paul Mason, co written, oh. which is called Party Animals. And it's basically a short comedy about a Blairite spin doctor who <laughs> wakes up from a coma to find that Jeremy Corbyn has become the leader of the Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the How's funny thing out? is. Well, at the end, actually, she gets a call from Corbyn asking her to be uh, his communications director, and she says, yes because she wants the fucking power and prestige which isn't really how the sort of blairites sort of really did react to corbyn isn't it i mean in every election gone by even after they resigned in ignominy or quit or were not officially working for the party mandy and campbell would tour the studios bigging up the current leader spinning for labor they didn't do that in 2017 they just care about brexit so you didn't really get that so much i think if this character was real she wouldn't have taken the job she'd buy a stake in portland comms or something and probably would still be pissing on corbyn two years on and then eat her words on tv when the election results came in it's all right i like the concept i like the sentence it's about a Blairite who wakes up wait, from a wait, coma to find Corvett's
1: leader. I was thinking about what we were joking about the other night, where we said that when we get famous and rich, well, more famous than we already are, we were going to buy the rights to The Thick of It. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I was talking to Yair and I was saying I don't really want The Thick of It to come back, because I think no, it's, it's no. liberal writers kind of don't really understand what's going on with politics. And it's a shame, because there actually is great comic potential in a lot of stuff that liberals just lose their shit about yeah,
1: and I, I feel like the original show did lampoon tony blair uh, kind of peep, yeah, kind did of make,
0: labor politics yeah you know? it did make fun of blairism which is why it's so disappointing to learn that that's the politics of all the people behind it apart from armando Inucci, who's a lib dem mm. <laughs> so watch the new season of veep guys <laughs> but i i would actually find it quite funny to see for sort of liberals and Blairites, Labour Party being controlled by the left is not a laughing matter. It's the end of the world. It's political disaster. <laughs> Even if we win the election, the policies aren't the right policies. Um, but actually, there's quite a lot of funny stuff in there with left, left Twitter and the Real Politic podcast. It'd be dining out on for fucking like two years, um, in our case, uh, as, as a podcast. But I actually would love to see a lot of the thick of it's blairite characters just completely marginalized moderate voices sidelined the, the, the Go ha- to the hague oh that would be great <laughs> like malcolm in the fucking hog for like forging for <laughs> a dodgy dossier all that shit would be beautiful yeah like i say when we're rich enough we'll buy the rights that's what we will we, we'll set up a patreon and we'll buy the rights to the thick of it. <laughs> yeah, what do we want to talk about then? Because we've all been watching a fair bit of stuff, haven't we? Um, we maybe Tom should we,
4: start. Should we talk about uh, Dunkirk?
0: Dunkirk, okay, yeah, go talk, for it. <laughs> go for
4: it. Oh, yeah, Christopher Nolan, the saviour of film. Christopher Nolan, the next Kubrick. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, he's the only guy worth watching anything for now in film. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> fucking Christopher Nolan. Nolan. is, is, he, a funny, is he do you reckon education? he's a fully paid up member of the Conservative Party? <laughs> <laughs> I mean
0: I I mean I can't, yeah.
1: His politics <laughs> in Batman were pretty fashion. The Dark Knight right?
0: Rises is all like yeah. fucking occupy Beasts on the street, just fucking like really, his name, like an anarcho-communist. <laughs> it.
1: It's such a weird take on any sort of anarchism that actually exists.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, and then in Dark Knight, there's also that scene where he goes and has an extraordinary rendition on somebody, yeah. <laughs> kidnaps them, takes them to another country for torture.
0: Yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> what about when Batman sets up his own personal NSA? <laughs> yeah.
1: He's not a communist.
3: That's, that's, just the the that. conclu-
4: that's the conclusion. Isn't that the final scenes of The Dark Knight when they, he turns all the cell phones into kind of so yeah. they, can, they can track everyone's movement, so he, they can find the Joker? It's something like <laughs> that. It's like, like, like the that,
0: news <laughs> of the world times
4: times an entire yeah, city. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Instead of instead of the government being the ones that are currently spying on everyone, it's this one rich dude.
0: Just a thug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this self-appointed <laughs> arbiter of what is. I isn't. am the law. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sleazy and seditious behaviour. Apparently, he's going <laughs> around in a fucking bat costume beating people. Up. This, uh, that's not uh, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, we've we uh, this has all been talked about before. So t- Tom, what do you make of Dunkirk?
4: Let me just say, the common consensus on Nolan is that he's all about the big experience and mm. characters mm. and writing, and even like editing and like continuity all come second to that. So if you want okay. to see a film where all his flaws as a filmmaker are, really stand <laughs> out. <laughs> Dunkirk is the film to see. A genuinely empty film. I remember, like, coming out of the cinema and just being, like, I I feel nothing... Nothing stuck with me in particular. Like, even, like, everyone really bigged up the aerial sequences, like the aerial combat sequences, where it's just, like, it's not anything that big scale by any means. It's essentially just, like, you have... Free Spitfires, free Messerschmitts, whatever the the German. I, I'm not. I'm not a huge like war kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, do you, you not know?
0: collect Nazi regalia like that? I can't <laughs> say <laughs> I do. That's I do not
4: have track. a collection of <laughs> Nazi memorabilia. The only flags. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> But, like, it's, it's all, like, if you cast your mind back to films, like, I don't recommend watching this film by any means, but have you guys heard of Guy Hamilton's Battle of Britain? It's like a film from the late 60s. Yeah. If you watched a lot of Sunday television with your grandparents when you were younger, you were very likely to have watched the Battle of Britain which has, like, an all-star cast. Michael Caine's in it, Laurence Olivier. All the big British stars of that time were in it, and it's kind of... Doing the propaganda. Yeah, it's widely (laughs) remembered for its... The the writing in that, just like like the writing in Dunkirk, is pretty poor. Nolan needs to find someone who can write him some good dialogue. Yeah, he wrote it himself,
1: didn't he? Yeah. I feel like Nolan is quite similar to Shyamalan in the sense that he feels like his art is more artistic and deep and important
4: than it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. You're right on that, I'd say, probably. I mean, we don't know. We can't read his mind, but, like. you can go back to like all his prior films like Interstellar and Inception and they all like to propose that they have a lot of grand ideas but when you (laughs) pick away at them there's nothing much really there the whole imagery usually
1: falls apart yeah
4: exactly yeah as I was saying sorry about the Battle of Britain it has these really large scale aerial combat sequences where you're literally you're actually seeing tens of planes kind of flying around reenact like in Dunkirk it's just so small scale it's like really and
1: this was like 50 years later
4: this is 50 And it it was being bigged up so much, like, the way it's shot is decent enough, but I would have liked to have, like, if you you could, like, because from what Mm. we've read, there was a lot more aerial confrontations going on as they were trying to get the troops out of there. And also, what I've been reading up a lot is that there's a complete, almost a complete whitewash in this film. There's no mention of some of the Indian African soldiers that were actually involved in the evacuation. There's no sign of that. And what's really odd about it is that it tends to focus on, there's no, like, from what I've read and seen from the film, there's no no actual characters really that it's based on in terms of real figures and some of well, the there's events. There's no
0: characters. Full stop. There's no there. characters. Full stop. Absolutely.
4: Because <laughs> like you've got all, you've got Matt Rylance in there, Kenneth branner Tom Hardy, Celia Murphy, and they're all just kind of. They're just there. They don't have much to do really. There's no space for them to really kind of break out. And that's not helped by the script itself. But it's just and the way it's kind of paced and the editing as well. You have like how do, how do how I How long is it? this one? He normally does quite long films. It's actually pretty short. It's only an hour and forty, an hour and fifty minutes. Oh, oh so, wow. Yeah. So, oh, I, yeah. so I, I, I was thinking, has this been Kurt or anything? But then again, <laughs> Nolan is sort of like, people like to big him up as kind of like the next Kubrick because he has complete creative control over his films. But obviously that was how he intended it to be. It's only like a... <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. sure
0: Kubrick had complete creative control over all his films.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but it's told from sort of three perspectives. The sea, the air, and the aerial sequences. Them actually getting the troops away... Evacuating them As they're waiting on the beach And also you focus on Mark Rylance's character Who's basically As the ships all go over To kind of evacuate the troops It's just You just focus on Him His son And his son's friend And they're all (laughs) dressed in their Kind of Sunday attire Going over Spouting dialogue Like we're going to war George And it's just like Oh
0: Personally I find it Deeply offensive That it doesn't portray The Russian side (laughs) What happened to Uh, Representation Chris. Have,
1: have you seen that Russian made film about Stalingrad I think it's no, just called it's Stalingrad to
4: be oh in 3D yeah. Yeah. it's like a 3D <laughs> fest of just like yeah. immense violence just it looks absurd <laughs> it was like the biggest film coming out of russia like two years ago wasn't it it was like yeah yeah <laughs> to be honest i probably, I'd probably film li-
0: coming out of russia
4: <laughs> to be honest with you i'd probably like that a lot more than dunkirk even though it's probably <laughs> dire but, yeah I mean, well I you say? were
0: tom i mean you know you, it's, you've, it's your cultural preferences isn't it? it's what you're familiar with.
4: <laughs> so yeah dunkirk done shit <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> well put i've not actually seen it myself but i did hear that there was quite a lot of whitewashing in that there was people of color fighting in that yeah, battle but like, also not just that apparently it doesn't show the actual defensive lines and the fighting that goes no, on there no, no, it's no, just no. like
4: you, you basically there's, there's, so
1: the french you, who yeah. generally stayed behind to keep off the nazis while everybody else escaped uh, pretty much entirely ignored <laughs>
4: they are yeah they are pretty much yeah. and you see as you said there's no focus on the line trying to hold off the german forces that are advancing towards them so are they just
1: waltzing around on the beach yep
0: yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of standing around a lot of yep yeah, exactly and oh, it's, so it's nice it's nice but they had a waltz though that's like in uh, world war one they played football <laughs> at christmas yeah
1: which was not a great film it at least I had a story not. that you know a
0: fucking multiple shit settings story yeah fucking yeah shit settings Apart from space, which looked cool.
1: Yeah. But, you know, it was going somewhere. It wasn't just, oh, we're on a beach and we're going on a boat now.
0: We're on a beach, <laughs> motherfucker. There's no
4: actual, you don't actually see any Nazi soldiers in the film either. Yeah. It's kind of like...
0: I a, demand just... better representation of Nazis.
4: Yeah, that's my biggest critique of this film. I demand a
0: better... But you more, know what? Maybe maybe Nazis, he's just
1: exposing please. the cover-up. There were no Nazis at
0: Dunkirk. Fuck. Uh Wait, who who was really behind everything then, Yaya?
3: The Jews. Ah! (laughs) Well, I
0: look forward to the real politic anti-Semitism scandal. (laughs) Back for one episode and then oh, yeah. there <laughs> maybe we'll get him a son this time. Um, yeah. Don't but, give him
4: any ideas. Fucking.
0: That's the last thing. Honestly, we're still recovering. Honestly, so just just a bit of full disclosure to our listeners. Like I've retired from online beef for the time being. Like I've deactivated my Twitter account because basically, just for the two weeks after we did that stupid article in the eye talking about slugs and melts and stuff like just the amount of like moderate dickheads popping up in my mentions and just generally like you know as i say the show became successful by accident i've always been one of the more marketing focused members of the show but I didn't expect it to work so so I've, I've been struggling a bit with the pressure of you know a lot of people listening to the bullshit I'm saying and the level of correspondences to respond to when I'm I'm used to you know living a, a monastic lifestyle and <laughs> very quiet your um,
4: middle class existence with that exactly. double-barrelled <laughs> namey <you> fuck. Oh.
0: <laughs> and in related news, I'm pleased to announce that the Frayn Reed Zarb Cousin Finishing School of Political <laughs> and Trolling will be opening for business soon. Please apply for our scholarship scheme, working class trolls. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah so i i've basically i'm not gonna get as involved in the fray of stuff on twitter i do have a twitter account you can find it you can track it down my fucking stalker already has but, <laughs> but he's not he doesn't follow me it's all right This is that portuguese woman who, who hasn't accepted my follow request yet who followed me and that that was a bit mysterious but but aside from that, I think we've talked about a fair bit of stuff. Uh, I think we can probably wrap up with, uh, because I know Tom wants to get some beauty sleep. Yep, of course. I've... Tom, is the reason you're so beautiful the, the sheer oh, volume of you... sleep that you get? Well, as people
4: know from listening to the show, I, I, do, I do like my sleep. And often on air. Often on air. <laughs> I remember the episode where we had Liam and Alistair you're on. Alistair. Yeah, and you were I... there.
0: I was she there awake.
4: It was like <laughs> it was two in the morning and I had I just completely shut down. And I think I woke was, up for like one yeah. moment and I was like, oh and then back to sleep again.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> nice. I mean th-
1: there was also that time we recorded at mine and Tom just passed out. Right? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. This, this
4: was during your Owen Smith sketch, wasn't it? Yeah.
3: Yeah, you just. Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, dear me. But yes, I will just say, final word on Dunkirk. Yeah, if you have to watch it as a sort of fascination, yes, it, it is the best representation of the flaws of Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker.
0: <laughs> well, that's that, something. That, that something. Yeah. Uh, before we finally wrap up this, this, it's actually been quite a fun episode. Episode, hasn't it? yeah, before, before It's good to we... get back in the flow Yeah exactly, we're finding our feet again Before we wrap up I was hoping, because we have got the idea here, we could turn our thoughts briefly to the situation in America where the mooch is out The mooch? I, dude, I, <laughs> explained, I explained this to you yesterday, Anthony Scaramucci
1: Okay, well I know who that is, but... Again... <laughs> I don't remember the bit where you called him a mooch.
0: Oh, I am sorry that you don't piss away all your time on Twitter to get every fucking in-joke, you prick. I
1: was deactivated yesterday. Oh, yeah,
0: deactivated. More like dick head-tivating.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. I I, I say that as someone who also recently deactivated. (laughs) Ten days after being hired by Donald Trump as White House chief of staff, (laughs) Anthony Scaramucci is out and apparently I don't know what you know about this situation, yeah yeah, but apparently it's down to chatting too much shit. Which I would what? have thought is <laughs> one of the best skills to have in the Trump White House. <laughs> but exactly. The Mooch I mean, Yeah Yeah The Mooch apparently went on a very abrasive tirade to somebody quite close to Trump and apparently uh... Trump was like, No nope. <laughs> You're you're fucked pal and yeah. uh, that's
1: Trump's him. definitely pro free speech, as long as you agree with him. <laughs> the,
0: the, the hilarious thing is, like, the mooch fucking divorced his wife. Like, no, she divorced him because he was too pro Trump and she hates Trump. Uh, <laughs> he fucking like sold off his business empire. Like, he he's like you know quit his like high paying job, whatever he had. He just basically like put his whole life on hold to work for Trump. And ten days later, he's <laughs> out on his fucking ass so, so <laughs> trump has tried to assuage people's worries he tweeted something like he started the day tweeting great vibe in the white house perfect uh, perfect mood here right now something like that later on he tweeted great day at the white house accomplished a lot of stuff really successful yeah day.
4: just the usual kind of well oil <laughs> machine all that fucking bullshit yeah seen,
0: yeah uh, but as we have pointed out on our twitter account The mooch may have fallen, but the Mnuch lives. (laughs) Stephen Mnuchin, Trump's chief secretary of the Treasury, a.k.a. Owen Smith MP, is still chief secretary of the Treasury and Jeremy Corbyn's shadow Northern Ireland secretary, simultaneously running the game
4: yeah great times
0: the, the mooch gave his life so the minute could live free of sin Mnuch!
4: Mnuch! and on that note <laughs> love uh... solidarity <laughs>
0: and we'll Love see you next time we'll see you next time guys
4: right,
0: see you. <laughs> right, see you. what right. have we got coming up on the show Roofy guys actually we got united passions
4: oh yes yeah. i cannot wait to talk about united passions the uh, funded yeah, propaganda film
0: we got farron the movie no sorry the life of farron
4: yes the radio play <laughs> fully financed by russia all star oh, cast. It's going and to be they great.
0: are funneling money into oh, okay. that. Yeah, all star cast. Millions cap- of dollars. They have an obsession Speaking
4: with Tim. Of... and like, we, do, we just have to be like, well, we, we'll do what we can. And like, no, no, no. You have to end it. You have to end it <laughs> In
0: this
4: highly elaborate radio <laughs> like, production. He's
0: retired, and they're just like, no, he has not retired from life. <laughs>
4: That was that was Putin. Just kind of he's overseeing the operations. Yeah.
1: I, I would like to just suggest that listeners, if they don't already know, we should check out Representative King's words the other day. I believe he's the representative of Iowa or Idaho. It's one of those. Yeah. They're, they're all same. No. Um, <laughs> did you hear this, you guys? He said, he just made the worst analogy ever. He said that the Ottomans tried giving all their soldiers sex changes against their will, by which, of course, he means castration, which is obviously not a sex change. And it failed because those Ottoman ballless soldiers didn't have enough testosterone to fight, which is ignoring <laughs> the fact that the Ottoman Empire was pretty good at that until
0: the 20th yeah. century. <laughs> Wasn't it? (laughs) Like the biggest (laughs) empire on earth. For a time,
1: uh, yeah, probably it had like that whole Eastern Mediterranean to itself for a while.
0: What a fucking ignorant chud, anyway. This is in relation to Trump's ban on transgender military service, and yeah. again, like you know, there's there's a temptation to be like, well, fuck the military anyway, but it's it's not about that. It's it's about the right having the right to, yeah, yeah. while the while the imperialist military exists, having the right to serve as part of it. But I think we should return to American politics next time hopefully we'll have laura in tow <laughs> and we can talk about john mccain then as well who, uh, uh, yeah i'll try oh, to keep my
1: thoughts in my head <laughs> we haven't
0: forgotten you john we haven't forgotten you and God, and, answered, we begun, john. Oh, and i wanted to make one more point actually one more point while we're here while we're fucking here and i'll make this quick so with this whole online abuse thing that's been going up, there's been a lot of talk of online anonymous accounts that troll people and send people abuse. As I've always used my own name, I think I can probably tell you why people uh, <laughs> choose not to use theirs. So you use your own name. It turns out uh, you get your face in the Daily Mail. Didn't they say what you do as a job, Tom? You get pricks turning up at your house. And most of all, centrists will try to get you fired and kicked out of whatever Mm. political party you're a member of. So whichever MP suggested banning anonymous online accounts in Parliament, I think yeah, these people they resent that they are under a certain amount of scrutiny as public figures and demand Mm -hmm. that it be universal absolutely here here yeah oh and also if anyone wants to get in touch with laura at this geordie Alas, any women trans non-binary people who have borne the brunt of online abuse please get in touch with her because she's writing something at the moment on that topic and we'll get her to talk more about that next time hopefully so next week we're gonna return to jay-z because we talked about one of his songs last episode without listening to it we're gonna talk of course about his hit single the story of owen jones (laughs) And, and there'll be more there'll be we'll be having the white genocide professor george cicerelli martin i think it is we'll have Jude at Jude in London coming back on the show. Have Josie Long coming in on the show. We're going to get that sorted. There's going to be some great shit going on this season. It's going to be real. It's going to be politic. It's going to be tech. It's going to be young people. It's going to be exciting. It's tech. It's exciting. It's young people. It's crowdsourcing. Yes. We're back. It's going to be better than ever. Comrades, the hard, left. <laughs> left. The hard left.
4: The hard left. The hard left. The hard left. The hard left. You see, that is the nature of the hard left.